Hi friends and welcome back to DACA Family Is Us. I am here with my husband Carlos again today to kind of talk about DACA and his first experience with the program. Um, As many of you know, DACA is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals and it was brought about as a executive action um, in 2012 by President Barack Obama. What it entails is it is a renewable um, document that has a deferred action, a work authorization, um, all in one. So it allows some individuals with unlawful presence in the United States uh, after who have been brought here as children to receive a deferred action for two years, and it's renewable, so every two years they can renew it. And so it saves them from deportation and it allows them to become eligible for um, work authorization or work permit. And so it allows them to work during those two years and they have to continue to renew every two years. So with this work permit, they must not um, have any felonies or serious misdemeanors. They have to submit their fingerprints. They have to prove that they've graduated high school, that they have to when they initially applied for it, that they're um, working, going to college, or they're in the military. Um, So there was all these things put in place. You had to be under the age of 30 when you came to the U.S., but you had to be over, um, you had to be over a certain age also. You had to have been within the United States, residing within the United States for so many years, starting in 2007. Um, You couldn't have left within you know, you couldn't have left within any of that time. You had to be in the United States as of that uh, June date in 2012, that June 15th date in 2012. Um, so there was all these different rules. And so today I wanted to ask Carlos some questions about how um, he felt and how he kind of heard about DACA and... Um, kind of how it, it started for him. So, uh, here's Carlos. Um, you want to say hi? Hello, everybody. Hi. Okay. <laughs> so, we had established that um, you were undocumented, that you came here when you were five and nine, and that uh, you didn't, you weren't really aware of your undocumented status until how old? Not probably... Hmm. Just I knew about it, but they didn't really think about much of it till I got to high school and all that. Trying to be like everybody else and driving and hanging out and working and stuff like that. Um, didn't really work. So when you realized you couldn't go and get a driver's license like everybody else, how did that make you feel? Like when you realized you couldn't do that exact thing? I don't know. Just... I was still driving, um, I wasn't supposed to, but I kept doing it, um, I don't know, it's just, I guess, different, that's about it. Okay, so, in 2012, both of us graduated in 2012, so we graduated in May of 2012, and later that year, this memorandum came out, this executive order for DACA came out. Did you hear about it initially in 2012 when it first came out, or did you hear about it later? Um, I heard about it while it was happening and everything. 
uh, seeing the news and people protesting for it and there were people trying to get rid of it or trying to get rid of it before you even got anywhere and then people that wanted to fight for it and most of the people that were fighting weren't really fighting for it they were fighting for everybody that was basically already in the united states so like a like an overall blanket yeah. amnesty type thing. so the people that were protesting at the end once they got accepted accepted they weren't really happy about it because they're like you're 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 doing a group but you're still leaving a lot of people out of it. But they had to understand that there's only so much that somebody could do, right? Yeah, yeah. Which they did. And and there were a lot of people that were still fighting for that. But since they were around my age, just like me, they just uh, wanted to take the risk and just sign up for it. It's better than not, not having a license and struggling to find a decent job. So, a lot. So with that came a lot of risks. So with this initial, this first time thinks this is nothing like this had ever been done before. I mean, something similar had been done in the past. Like with your dad, he had gotten his green card based off something very similar. But for you, what was your biggest fear with it? Because. You had to give up all your information, your addresses for so many years. You had to give up where you're currently living at, which at the time you were still living with your mom and your stepdad. And so they were undocumented. Did you have any fears with that? Of living with them? Yeah, living with them and giving up your address at the time. Uh, since you were still living with them. Yeah, because basically if anything happened or anything backfired or they decided to basically not follow through they basically my name and my address and my phone number and any previous addresses and school were in a data where they can just basically just come for me whenever did your when it first came out did you tell your mom that this was something you wanted to do that you planned on doing yeah what were what was her thoughts uh it's up to you just she said Remember making they made a big deal about how something like this was uh, passed during uh, I think like Kennedy's time, uh, and they were just like they were just like um, I think like in the seventies or no probably late yeah I can't remember, but they were basically they used that against people when deported some of them. Okay. So she was kind of afraid. I mean, she was hopeful, but she was kind of afraid at the same time. Yeah, basically. Did she say anything else? No, because, I don't know, just... Man, I really... Who did you go to to help you fill it out? Like, what... How... Well, how how did you... How did the process go for you? Can you walk us through how that went for you? When you, uh, when I tried you heard out to... I tried searching up... Uh, for like a lawyer to help me out and of course lawyer they they want money so they wanted a lot and then i kept i heard from uh i can't remember who but i went to a church and they they basically at catholics charities yeah they basically did everything and they took care of my my first uh 
the first thing and then a few renewals. So that first fee, that that first DACA fee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one and, and anything like the... The legal fees. And yeah, legal fees and they took care of the paperwork and basically I had to just find the proofs and everything. So how did you... How did you get all the proof? Like, how did you get all your addresses? Did your mom know all the addresses or did your mom have them all written down? Did she have all of those already kind of put aside for you? Mm, well, actually, um, I guess during school, I just keep track of all my stuff. So whenever that came along, I already had a file of all my, all my um, not my prescriptions. Uh, what's it called? Uh, the school information like transcripts yeah trans transcripts and i already had um and addresses of my previous um houses that i've been so i had those and i'm pretty sure i still have them in my file and any other other paperwork that was basically documented uh that could confirm that basically that i am who i am so you guys were hoping for something like this at some point, ever since you were little and came here the first time. Mm, no, it's just me saving stuff. My parents didn't care. So they, were you hoping for this? No, I just they seemed like it. Paid information that I should have wanted to save, so I saved that, and then all my school IDs and. So you kind of just got lucky that you had all of it. Basically, because a lot of people don't have don't didn't keep anything. I just kept everything because. I don't know, just trying to be organized and and just, I don't know, just it felt important. A lot of people just throw shit away and I just kept all, a lot of paperwork, I mean, uh, school records, um, phone numbers, addresses, transcripts, doctor stuff, uh, uh, the ticket that I got once. So how long did it take for you... To get all that together. So that first time. Between walking in to the appointment and getting all the documents and then sending it in. How long did that take for you for that initial Well, I searched up, I searched up everything that I needed. Oh, so you researched before going in. So you had everything when you went in for that first time. Yeah, by the time yeah, by the time I by the time I went in I searched up everything. So and then the one of the last things that was basically a pain to have was finding a finding a what do you call it like a like I guess uh, not proof but paperwork of the day that I was basically there before the uh, the the actual day that they that the two thousand seven yeah. date but you would have had school records for yeah that. but I think middle school were... records at least. Yeah, but I ended up just finding something that, like, from the day before. Because I wanted something from before, I guess. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was already, like, out of school at the time. Yeah, uh, but I would have thought that any school record from during that time would have been fine. Which I'm pretty sure. 2006-ish. Yeah, I'm, you, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it would have, too. Because you guess. were here from 2002. You That... that Last time we came to the U.S. was in 2002. So you would have had documentation from 2002 on. And you yeah. had to prove that you were here from 2007 on. Yeah, so I know that. So whenever I went to my appointment and I... I... um, Just to get with them, 
uh, and I talked to the person, not a lawyer, but a consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, she told me that I had everything that I needed. That she was actually, she had, more, she said you have more than enough stuff to, to, to put in for them to approve you. And all I did then was just basically, she helped me separate everything, right? And then she told me exactly how the amount of everything. And then and then next time I came along, I basically just did money orders and paid for the fee and paid for the, for the processing fee and everything. And then it just went for there. Honestly, that's, that's about it. How long did it take for you to get approved? Because I know right about now it's, at least the last few times that we've sent your renewals and it's taken about six-ish months. How long did that first time take for you to get approved? Like, when did you sit it in for the application, that initial application, to when you got approved? Mm, I, don't, I don't really recall how long it took. Um, what? How, how long, did, how long did, do you think it took? I don't know. Just I remember waiting a few months. Like probably like I didn't get the first what is it called like received letter. Receipt date. Yeah, not receipt. Yeah, but like when they received my information. Yeah, yeah, it's a receipt. To like a, a month and a half after I think. Okay. And then from that, I just kept getting updates and updates, and I had the website, the US. The USCIS. Yeah, USCIS. That that uh. A website, and I would put in my my case number once in a while, and just check the status, and then, and then I don't know. Once it got closer to, I mean, once the time had passed, it's just gonna. I guess I stopped checking it often, and then one day I got the letter from. Um. No, so I got a call from my, from the lawyer, or thing. They they told me that. I was approved, and I will be getting a letter in the mail something shortly. And then she explained what the next few steps were. Because you get approved, you get approved. Uh, you have to go in and take your biometrics and get a picture ID. So it's different than what we do now. No, this is this was different. It was pre before pre COVID and stuff. Well, even before, because the way it used to go, at least before. Yeah, well, before... It was biometrics, picture, then you would get approved. No, well, you got approved for that. You got an appointment to go. You had a... You had a so it wasn't approved. It was just you were sent on to the next part yeah, of the I process. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Because I, I remember about that. So, so, yeah, they sent me a letter saying you, you have an appointment this time or this day. Uh, I'll make sure you're there. Okay. I did that, and it was weird because it was a immigration... Mm-hmm. Not immigration, yeah. Was it USCIS? Yeah, KC- facility. KCMO, right? Yeah, the one we've been to once or twice. Mm-hmm. And I did that. Uh, went in there. I was nervous because, I don't know, it was just it was sketchy, so. Well, and I remember going when we went with um, Amory that first year. And they... I remember them telling me that I needed to wait to the side because I wasn't supposed to go in with you and sit and wait with you. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you went back to the car and I went inside. Yeah. Yeah, and then basically just took a number, 
way they gave me my, my my paper for my appointment, waited, they called me up, uh, they took a picture of me, and then took took a fingerprint of my hands, and then that was it, basically. They're like, oh, you're good to go, you're done, thank you. And I'm like, okay. And then it was a handful of more months before you got approved yeah, a few, officially. Yeah, a few more months, and then I got that approved, I got the... My lawyer called me. She told sent me. She'll send me a letter that you could give your workplace at the time, right? Yeah, basically. And then and then she said, "But make sure you're also waiting for the actual letter because it'll be more tougher paper and all that." Uh, yeah, the thicker paper, the yeah. the cardstock. And they said, "Once that comes in, you're good." And because then you went in and got how when you got the paper. How long before you, because you, when you did your initial application, it asked you if you needed to apply for a social security card, right? Yeah. And so that came in probably shortly afterwards. Well, it wasn't really, yeah, it was in the process because I didn't really have to do anything for that stuff. No, that one gets sent, and it's, it's kind of like when a kid is born at the hospital, it well, automatically, they, yeah, they'll automatically send it to you. Put them to the if you ask the system. Yeah. yeah. Um. So how long after you received that did you go and try to get your driver's license? Well, I had a. So I got that paper. I was able to get it through with that with mm-hmm. my approval picture thing. I was able to get my. My license, I did my test, uh, I did good, I passed, I missed, uh, I didn't know you could take a freaking picture test. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, nervous and prepared to freaking do the direction the test. One. And then they told me, oh, well, you want to do it. And, and like, I don't know. Is it because you said your native language was Spanish or no, what? No, they just assume. I guess all the Mexicans took the picture when I missed two out of the I missed two out of the whole Pictures. thing. Yeah. Hmm. But that's all about it. And then then I get got that, got the the ID in the mail, then got my driver's license and then uh my driver's license is supposed to expire the same day that mm. my so a lot of them, a lot of states have it set up that way. There are a handful of states where the driver's license is, different. is extended for the same amount of time that everybody else's driver's yeah. license are. But there are a lot of states that have them set up to be the exact same amount of time that the DACA cards are. Yeah, I think Kansas kind of was different at the beginning and then changed because I remember somebody getting it and they they got like, like they got a license for like six years. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I got it and I just got it for the two years. So it might have been an accident with that first one. And, I, and I think that that might be how some of them are. Maybe they're not paying the attention. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they didn't know any better. Yeah, and they just got that. And But no, mine expires the same day that my card expires. Um, so, yeah. How did it go with your place of employment when you had to change all of your stuff? Oh, uh, it's just, they basically knew, they knew how everything worked. And like, yeah, sure. You just... You accidentally put in the wrong social security number and everything, right? It's like, yep. And they were cool about it because at the time I was already with that place for about two years and and had my 
401k and all that. So they just put a report saying they actually put the wrong uh, number. I guess what the wrong information in, and that was it. Mm. That's, that's, that's why they basically, that's it. When you, when it got approved, when you told your mom, what did she say? Uh, I actually was happy, but they were at the same time, because, again, she said that it's not the first time they do it, and all you did, you have your, they have your name, they have everything. So, yeah. Did she think that they'd, like, what, take it back or something? I don't know. She's just, I don't know. You know how parents are. They're, they're special. So, yeah. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, so we don't really talk about your dad very often. Did you ever discuss any of this with your dad? Like, did he know about your doc or anything? Because he had the chance to get your residency, and he never did any of that. So when you got your DACA, did you ever tell him? No, not really. It's, just, it's my own business. It's not really. Didn't do much for me. So it's just the time I really didn't get along with him that much. So I can care less if whatever he knew. That's it. Hmm. So it didn't bother you that he didn't know at all. So, so question: Why didn't? Why didn't Chavo, so why didn't Santiago get his DACA? He had a chance to do it, even though he didn't finish high school. Why didn't he attempt to go for his DACA? I don't know. I just, besides having a little bad record with police and everything, I just, he just didn't bother trying, honestly. But it would have, it would have, it would have probably saved, saved him some heartache with legal troubles now. Right? Yeah, basically. It would have been a bit better off than what he's doing now, but... I don't know, it's just some people don't, I guess. I don't know. It's just so it's up to him. Bad decisions. Some people just make decisions and just ends up being wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Are you happy that you got DACA? Yeah, I am, yeah. Now you are. <laughs> yeah. You weren't at the time? Well, yeah, it was just different, I guess. I wasn't really thinking much of it. Just another thing. Did you not know the implications for the future f- that it had for you? Did you think it would get this far, that you'd be able to renew it this many times? Like, did you think it would be this long-term? Did you think it'd be this long-term? No, for since I first got it, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess I never really bothered searching it much after I got it. I guess there were other windows of opportunity that I could have taken, but I just I had it and I was just happy about with it and didn't bother doing much of it and had missed missed the chance of applying towards towards trying to get a basically AP to the advanced pro that yeah. we're trying for now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Any other questions? Not really. Just trying to get your thoughts on it. What are your thoughts about how it's been put on hold for first-time applicants again? Because it had been put on hold 
a while back and then they went ahead and brought it back for first time applicants saying that they could apply again and now it's been put on hold again they're not allowed to they can apply but um essentially they're not they're not going to be processed what are your thoughts um i guess just rules and things that people change and i guess too many people did it once or not once but you know just they're just trying to stop it now they opened yeah but the the, opportunity and then but the people people haven't changed the rules of obtaining the rules of obtaining daca haven't changed yeah that's just made it harder it's this it's still the same group of people it's still the same age group of people, the same amount of people. It's just they didn't think it was safe to apply several years ago. So they're trying to apply now, and now it's been put on hold again. They're being told they can no longer apply, or at least that they can apply. They're just not going to get processed. Mm, just, uh, just Do you think know. it's fair? Just whatever they want to do, I'll see I'm talking about the government. Do you think it's fair that the government's doing that? Doing the no, back and forth not, thing? Not really. They should just make everybody legal and make it easier. Right? But I ain't gonna have it. So. Any other questions? No, not tonight. Okay. So, kind of to recap. Right. On DACA. Um, just that it's a a two-year program and that when it came out in 2012, um, a lot of people did go for it and it is a very helpful program. It just, originally it did scare a lot of people, especially the older generation, like Carlos mentioned with his mom, um, kind of that thought process of saying that it is kind of scary that the government may take that information and, and turn it around and use it against you in the future if if they feel like it. Um, so that's why a lot of people chose not to apply at the beginning. Um, and why they kind of waited to apply and why so many people are, were trying to apply now. And now that it's been put on hold again, they can't. Um, so the rules didn't change on applying for DACA. It just, the group of people felt a little bit better about applying. Um, so, it was just trying to get them out there to apply again, and then it got put on hold, and now they can't. So, but uh, that was a little little bit more into DACA and the original, at least, application on Carlos's end. Um, hopefully, we'll get to have another interview with him sometime soon. Talk about maybe talk about something not immigration related. Maybe talk about our woodworking or mm-hmm. his art or something along those lines. I think that might be a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we are planning on taking our Mexico trip in June. We plan on leaving June 20th, so that'll be fun. We'll keep you updated on that. Um, and I hope you guys have a great Easter. Have a great weekend. Have a great week, and I will see you next Saturday. Thanks. <laughs>